The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 76th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summers and I am the host of this wonderful podcast. And joining with me as always is the one and only Floyd Johnson Jr. How you doing, Floyd? I am doing well. Uh, It's an amazing Friday. After we get off this show, I'm going to go see Tenet. So I'm in a really good mood. Yeah. I mean... I would think that you're in a really good mood because, I mean, we'll just say it straight up. And, like, you've seen, if you follow Floyd on Twitter at Floyd Johnson Jr., you'll know that for the All Out show, he was there. I was there. It was a great event. A great event. It was great to be out. Uh, If you know me, uh, for about five, maybe six years, I've pretty much been at a live wrestling event at least one every two or three months. It, I mean, and that's I mean that's a very low number. It's generally like way more than that. Or when I go into three months, I'll go to like four shows. So this uh, period of time where I have had to not go to wrestling shows has been really difficult for me. So uh, and my wife, I have to shout out her. It's been difficult for her too because I am home all the time, and <laughs> you know. Me leaving town actually provides her several breaks from the energy as me. That if you if you listen to this show, and if you've ever met me, I am a lot. I have a lot of energy. I am. I'm pretty much. If you if you could imagine, I'm the Great Dane that thinks it's a Chihuahua. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I can understand. Uh, I can understand. <laughs> I can understand that. I am very in your face, and I'm taking up all your personal space because I am very friendly. I am, that's just who I am, and I have a lot of energy, and I love people, and I love being around people, and, you know, for a person that has to live with that all day, it can be a lot. It it can. It can be a lot. It can. I I love the shit out of my wife. If anybody's ever seen my Facebook or my Twitter I love my wife a lot, and yeah, she has to put up with that. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so a little time to miss me is always great. 
you know. Absence <laughs> always <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> absence makes the heart grow fonder. She would usually get a lot more of that absence that she is getting going for further. So, yeah. So, it was like, dude, it was like, okay, I get this time away for work. I get to go to a different city, which I love going to different cities. Also, she gets a mental break. She gets to chill and watch her reality TV, which I absolutely hate. And I will talk <laughs> all the way through, unfortunately, when she's watching it. I'm like, but why did they do that? And why did they do that? I am that annoying person. <laughs> I, 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 I own my flaws. So, yeah, I am that annoying person. So she can watch her TV in peace and her cooking shows and whatever else she wants to watch. So it, it is it is a perfect vacation for us. And then I get to see my friends and my family. I got to see my buddy uh, Cody and Jenny. They are the parents of WWE superfan Izzy. She's like the Bailey girl. And then I got to saw the people, see the people from Social Suplex. Got to meet Josh Mc, uh, McLaughlin from the 8-Bit Suplex. I'm going to shout out that show by saying, if you like Impact and you like video games, that's that's what the show is about. It is about impact in video games. Or if you don't like impact but just like video games, listen to the show. Or if you just like impact and don't like video games, which would be weird, listen to the show. So I want to give Josh, <laughs> I want to give Josh a shout out, and then keeping it strong style and frequent guest Jeremy Donovan got to see him, and One Nation Radio and frequent guest Rich Lotta got to see him. It was just, it was just so good. Uh, it was just so fun. Dan Coffin uh, was there, and these are all names from the Social Suplex. So, if you if you're a listener, you'll know the names. But if you don't, go ahead and look them up on Twitter. But I got to see them, and it was funny because I don't, do. Y'all have Whataburger in, in Michigan? We do. Yes. Okay. So apparently in Florida, Whataburger has not infiltrated the market. So they told me they were coming up, you know, earlier for the show, and they were really excited about going to Whataburger. I was like, Whataburger? And they were like, yeah, they're literally like, there's only, there, I guess there's a couple in Jacksonville, and that's it. I was like, oh, like Whataburger is like church in Oklahoma. It's on every corner. I'm like, you can't drive more than a mile without a Whataburger. So I was like... I'll come hang out. I'll, I'll bring a soda. And then Josh's wife, Josh McLaughlin's wife, made these delicious cookies. And I'm not saying it because I just like sweets. Probably one of the best cookies I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I will actually say um, I I totally mistook and I thought you said Wahlburger, not Whataburger. So we have Wahlburger, not Whataburger, though. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I want yeah. enunciate, Floyd. Enunciate. Whataburger. <laughs> now, I've had yeah, Wal okay. I had Wahlburger in Las Vegas. It was a really good burger. But, yeah, Whataburger is, to me, hands down the best fast food burger there is. I, I think it crushes in and out Oh, boy. Here comes the arguments. Yeah. Oh, there will be a lot of arguments. But, you know, is like, I think it crushes in and out The whole, let me tell you. One thing, other than in and out being just a regular-ass burger to me, the secret menu is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> if everybody knows that it exists, it's, it's not a secret. secret. Yeah, so just put it on your menu so people can order it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know the awkward thing? It's like, I want my I want my fries monster style? And you ask with the, that question in your head, and the, it's like, that's the thing, right? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Like, 
Yes, it's a freaking thing. You can find it everywhere. Of course oh, it's yeah. a thing. But the first time you order, it's awkward because it's not on the menu. Yeah, so you're like you're afraid that they're gonna look at you. And be like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a secret. You're stupid. Yeah. You didn't say the buzzword. You didn't do the special <laughs> handshake. Dude, just put it on me. Let's go. There no, you go. No, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, did did enjoy that, and then went to the event. And... Yeah, which we'll we'll get into that actually really really quickly because we have all out to just quickly go over. It's been a week since all out has happened, so. You probably already know the results. We'll just give our thoughts on it. And then we have the AEW Dynamite, which just aired this week, which we will go over. But real quick, I want to make sure that you're downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on Spotify, also be sure to share the podcast. Please leave a rating and a review. And if you're so inclined to, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. And please support us by following us on social media at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, at SZoomer4, that's me, and at Floyd Johnson Jr., that's Floyd. Big news of the week is just what we talked about with Floyd visiting Jacksonville to go see All Out. And going into the, our thoughts for All Out, I think I'll let Floyd lead off with his thoughts on the show because he actually got to experience it at, at the Daily's Place. So I feel like he's in a better position than I am to discuss how the show was overall. And I'll let my thoughts come in after Floyd tells you his thoughts. So, Floyd, thoughts on All Out? Okay, first of all, it's weird not seeing a show with Tiffany. Wanted to hint, throw that out there first. It was. Cause, we miss you, Tiffany. Yeah, I, you know, literally, I couldn't even tell you the last show I've been to without uh, Tiffany next to me. That's how a lot of people identify me. I'm the big black guy next to Tiffany. That's just how it works. So it was weird seeing a show without her. But as far as the show, I really enjoyed it. I do think, I, I have to be honest, I even know we are all the pro, pro, proclivity for positivity, have to say uh, it was a step down from the normal uh, normal AEW pay-per-views. Like, AEW pay-per-views were literally like on takeover level. That's how they were They were hitting those home runs. I think this was just kind of a step down from that takeover level. And it being all out, you know, it, you know, it, to me it felt like that's their WrestleMania. That should be the big one. I don't know what they're deciding is their big show or are they just going to treat all their pay-per-views the same. But all out is the spiritual successor to all in. So you expect an amazing show. Something I did not take into effect. I took into effect how wrestling and the show and the humidity and the heat would have an effect on me sitting out there. Never thought about how it would have an effect on the wrestlers. Uh, you could definitely tell that there was, it was a lot sweatier and it was humid. And I mean, it's you know you're you're uh, doing a show in Jacksonville during the summer, so it, it's I mean Jacksonville, Florida during the summer, so. Those things were to be expected, but I thought the show was amazing. Of course, my favorite match was FTR versus Hangman and uh, Hangman and Omega. Um, I literally went on Grapple and put five stars. Uh, and I people be like, "That's so weird. Why would you do that? It was kind of boring. It was kind of slow." Not to me. I grew up on Southern tag team wrestling, story based tag team wrestling, and I thought FTR, Hangman. And Hangman and Kenny told a perfect story based on, you know, the story going in. I thought it was the perfect match for the story going in. 
FTR's a real tag team. They're one of the best tag teams in the world. Quick tags, half the ring, working a body part. Kenny, Kenny and Hank, uh, Kenny and Hangman, amazing, amazing singles performers that have learned a little bit about tag team wrestling, and their chemistry was everything. And once the FTR got into Hangman's head and kind of broke that chemistry, everything was a little off, and that's why they lost. It was like, oh, on any other night, if Hangman and Kenny are, you know, in sync, they're, you know, because they're such good singles wrestlers, they're unbeatable. They're Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. They're, they're, uh, Sting and Lex Luger back in the day. It's like when you get these superpowers together, like if Roman Reigns and John Cena wrestled, you know, and it's like along the same team. You can't beat them. But when they're dissension, they're just two great singles guys going up uh, against a well-built tag team. And I thought over 30 minutes, uh, they told it. I would have knocked 10 minutes off because of the heat and humidity. I don't think in taping in Jacksonville, a match should go over 20 minutes right now. With the current temperature, uh, temperature in the crowd was like 78. Temperature, because of the humidity and the heat index, temperature in the ring was like over 100. Yeah, I wouldn't have my wrestlers go over 20 minutes. So I just thought that match was perfect. Um, battle Royals, I just love Battle Royals. I've always loved Battle Royals. Battle Royals are the pizza of wrestling. It's like, even even if it's a bad Battle Royal, it was still a Battle Royal, so I, I will enjoy it. So Lance Archer, Archer winning. I didn't notice the Eddie Kingston thing <laughs> until he said it on the show, so... We'll talk about that <laughs> later. And, um, yeah, uh, the women's match, amazing. Thunder Rosa, uh, Thunder Rosa Sheeta, I thought was the best women's match. The only other match I, I, I would honestly say is uh, Nyla and Rio. Uh, when uh, Nyla, you know, finally beat Rio, that might have been better. But the Nyla and Rio matches were amazing. Uh, but I think this was right up there. I, th- I think Thunder Rosa is amazing. Uh, it, it it does a lot for women's wrestling. I am not a big sign everybody person, and I do like. I think it was special that she came in from the NWA, and I thought that was that was an important distinction. So I like her being the woman in the NWA. If she can ever get to over to AEW, I definitely think she'd bring a lot to the ro- a lot to the roster and a lot to the locker room. So that'd be that'd be cool with that too. And then Mox and MJF was the exact match it was supposed to be for the end of that feud. I, and I felt at the end it could have went both ways. It could have been, been MJF. Uh, MJF winning, but the fact that MJF, the cheater, lost to someone who cheated to beat him, that I thought that was epic, and I thought that was great, like poetic justice. Yeah, and I I do think the point that you brought up about the humidity is something that I don't think a lot of fans considered because, you know, we're getting towards the end of, end of the summer, and then the idea of like it being hot, like, like we kind of forget that, but then we forget, oh yeah. It's Florida. It's a death zone with, like, just how ridiculously humid it gets, even in, like, near fall time. Like, so I do think that's a good point that you brought up. I will mention, since you didn't bring it up, uh, the the Matt Hardy spot that uh, Oh, yeah. Which was just the most horrifying thing I think I've seen in wrestling in a very long time. 
And I know there was a lot of controversy about it, about them continuing the match, even though the X's got thrown up, I believe, multiple times. And Matt, they just kind of just finished the match real quickly with Matt. I believe, I think he just got a roll-up or, or something to get the win. And, yeah, I, I'm... All I can say is I'm 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 grateful that he's okay and that the, he's going to recover and then he'll come back when he's ready and then he'll just kind of stick to strictly wrestling matches for a while. Um, but I mean that's one of those moments where you just kind of it's 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 haunting because like you just you don't you forget about like how dangerous this shit is. See, and that's and that's where I'm going to get in talk about my side and I want to explain before I tell you my opinion. I am 39 years old. I've been watching wrestling since birth. The Owen Hart thing was watching the show when it happened, right? All the like the major injuries that happened on WWE when Psycho Sid jumped off the ropes and literally snapped his leg was watching the show. Because those images are burned in my head at no point in my at no point in my life or existence will I ever forget how dangerous wrestling is. So, uh, so, also, it does do one other thing, and this is where people might not like it. It desensitizes you to it. It does. It does. I've seen, so he hit his head, and I'm like, so. I'm like, I didn't even react. Everybody's like, it looked nasty. I watched it back. Literally shrugged my shoulders. Wrestling is dangerous. These are a bunch of adult men that choose to do a really, really dangerous sport. People have died in the ring or because of injuries suffered in the ring for wrestling. But they choose to do this. This is their form of entertainment. This is what they do. And I will never forget that. I actually had uh, one of the more dangerous moves in wrestling. You uh, And I'm going to tell you, and you're going to be shocked probably. The body slam. Mm-hmm. If you don't tuck your head on a body slam, oh yeah, they can break your neck and kill you. How many body slams do you see a match? It's one one of the most common moves that you see. I mean, it's one, I believe it's one of the first th- like throws or moves they teach you. Exactly, but it's general. It's just as dangerous as jumping off of that thing. If you don't do it right, no matter what stunt, spot, whatever you want to call them that you do, if you don't do it correctly and execute it correctly, you will hurt yourself. Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy went for an ambitious spot. They didn't hit the first table. They overshot it. It wasn't placed correctly, or it was placed correctly, and it got moved. And it got moved in a hubbub or something. But he let, he hit his head, right? As soon as he got up, got up, and you could tell he was trying to stay in character, very poorly <laughs> because he was clearly. Something had wrong. It was something. Something was wrong. Well, you know, actually, I can't even say he clearly had just fell off of, <laughs> fell off, or was driven through off of a large height. I imagine, no matter what your condition, how sturdy you are, when that happens, you're going to be discombobulated for a second, right? So it was that was clear, right? And Tony stopped the match. My only problem my only thought the whole thing this whole week could have been avoided to me if he just went with his gut Mm -hmm. his gut was to stop the match 
stop the match, call it, finish this match on a dynamite later. Shit, you could even make it a main event of a dark. You could. Whatever. Just do it later. Am I saying? But again, um, again, you have Doc Sampson, who has worked in wrestling forever, who is your guy. And when it comes to real sports, football, basketball, whatever, when you ask a coach, is that guy playing? He'll say, it's not up to me. The doc says he's cleared. He's cleared. That's what the coach says. He takes the he takes the decision out of his own hands. Apparently, in the conversation, Samson, Meadow, with Matt, whatever their concussion protocols are, whether they're good enough or not, I am not a doctor. I am not here to decide their percussion protocols. He cleared them of the concussion protocols. He said, you're good. To me, at that point, Tony doesn't have a decision. The, the decision is, you're good? Okay, go finish the match. Mm-hmm. Personally, personally, hindsight being 2020, and this not being the company that all my money is in, in, into... Well, not all this money, but his money is into. Hindsight being 2020, I just stick with my first decision to stop. But you're live on pay-per-view. Almost probably 100,000 people watching. You have to make a decision. I am not going to come on here and pretend like I've ever been in the pressure of that situation and would ever make a different decision. The doc said he could go. Matt clearly wanted to finish the match. They went out, they did the final spot, and left. I'm not going to second-guess the man. I'm not saying he was wrong. I'm not saying he was right. I'm saying I don't know because I'm putting myself in the same situation. Monday morning quarterbacking. I I truly, honestly don't know what decision I would have made. Yeah. Well, also, I think I think just in general with a decision like that, um, the way we think about it now and the way we see it too, it's like, it's you look at it and you're like, yeah, why wouldn't they stop the match? But then at the same time, though, like you got to think like, what if they did? Like, how many people would have been like, Matt could have finished. He wanted to finish the match. How dare they take that out of his hands? So it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. It's a bad situation altogether, and it's it's a shame that it happened at all. It's a freak accident. That's what happens in pro wrestling. But in terms of the reaction from the fans, I get. I I genuinely think it could. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because you'll have fans complaining if they do stop the match. Like it's like, what are you trying? Like yeah, da da da. Like it's like people who grew up on like say ECW or like who love watching GCW or CZW or all this kind of stuff and they're like you stopped the match over that I saw this and like but at the same time if you if you do, if you if you do stop them if you don't stop the match then you have people being like are you like freaking out about Matt being concerned about Matt so all I can say is that I because again I don't know what I would have done in that situation I'm like not the I am the least qualified person at all exactly. to determine stuff and like that. That's what I keep trying to tell people. I am not defending AEW. I'm defending the decision at that time by that man and that I am not qualified to make that decision that he made. Yeah, and all all we can say is that we're just happy that Matt's still okay because I, it could I, have been such a worse 
outcome. Absolutely. And Re- Rebbe went off online, and I'll say this, that's his wife. I mean, that's his wife. And she was mad at Matt, and she was mad at Tony. And, of course, she was mad at Matt for doing the dangerous stunt, but I'm just like, she knows who she married. And, uh, you know, and then Tony for continuing the match again. Tony is like, I imagine this is the first wrestling company he has had. I know he's been doing it for a year, but, I mean, each situation is different, and he hasn't run into this situation before. Again, all I think he'll do, only thing that will change in the future, to me, is he'll trust his gut. Mm -hmm. His gut said to stop it, and that that was the right decision. His gut said to stop the match. You have to look at what he first did. And then he went against his gut and restarted it. It's like, dude, even if you said, okay, even if you stopped it, put on another match, had him medically clear, and then continue that match later, like yeah. 20, 30 minutes later, again, might have messed with the flow of your show, but at least you would have been sure. It did seem a little quick. Based on what I've seen watching other sports, it did seem quick to clear him. But again, I am not the doctor. I don't know their protocols. And I, of course, didn't administer or talk to Matt. He could have went back there. Samson talked to him. Matt was clear as a, clear as a bell. He's like, this day, I was born this day. It's this day. It's this time. We're the third match on the card, blah, blah, blah. He could have went through everything and knew exactly where he was and showed no sign of a concussion. And w- what if that happened? Because, again, the next day he went to the hospital and they said, after he got to the hospital, Matt didn't have a concussion. And, of course, everybody, because this is the world we live in, everybody's like, nah, maybe. But, again, I'm not going to make this show go two hours by talking about this for 30 more <laughs> minutes. So, I'm done. My point is, try to put yourself in Tony's position and know that whatever decision you made was going to be a bad one. Because there is a significant part of the internet, significant, like a very vocal part of the internet, that no matter what AEW does, they hate it. Yeah. On, and other than that, like the only other thoughts I had for the show is that FTR becoming the new tag team champions is the right move. I'm all for it, and the match was really, really strong. I honestly thought the Sheeta versus uh, Thunder Rosa match was probably my favorite sh- match on the card, just behind that being the main event with Moxley and MJF. But yes, I, yeah. I, I didn't get to talk about my dope poster that I got. Got the poster, all-out poster. Uh, It had all the matches except the Battle Royal on it. And then it had the autograph for everybody that participated in it. So I got my first piece of memorabilia with Chris Jericho's autograph on it. And yeah, and it was only 100 bucks for the poster. Solid. Yeah, That's actually so, not bad. Yeah, so I will, I will tell everybody if you hear about those at the event. I think they did it special because... Unlike all the rest of the AEW events, there was no meet and greets before and yeah. all that stuff. It, it, AEW pay-per-views are usually a whole weekend, and it wasn't a whole weekend. It was just a show. Yeah. And I will say, again, like um, probably their weakest pay-per-view they've had since like since Fighter Fest, I would say. Because other than the Darby-Cody match in that show, that I think the overall card was relatively weak. And but considering this was one of their big pay-per-views, 
and I would consider Double or Nothing to be their their quote unquote WrestleMania because it was their first straight up pay per view under the AEW name. But since All Out is connected with All In, yeah, you you expect a little bit more of a bigger and more quality show. That wasn't the case, and I think this one's overall. I would call this uh, a swing and a miss. And I would say you got some really good matches on that card, but there were some some rough rough uh, rough decisions and some just rough matches in general. And it's just we'll try again next year, I think, with that. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, I uh, I told a friend this, and this is not my fandom coming in. I think it was missing the gravitas that Cody brings to the pay per view. Of course, of course. I'm just I'm just saying if you look at his shows and. His his uh feuds are always well built. You generally get a good road to a good couple road twos where he'll cut a promo, the other guy will cut a promo. They'll do a stare down at the beginning of the ring, and he'll usually do some kind of special entrance for the show. It brings a gravitas to the show, and it's generally in the middle of the show because Cody doesn't main event. It's generally in the middle of the show, even when the show's down. There's an energy that Cody matches bring. And you can look at each pay-per-view and see what I'm talking about. All out last year, Sean Spears, especially with the Arn Anderson run-in. Amazing moment. The, the, the entrance and everything was just a major moment. The chair shot built up that match. Then you look at full gear. Cody and Jericho, they cut the promos that they cut before that match. And then Cody saying, if I lose, I'll never put the title again on the line. Gravitas to a show. Then you uh, have Revolution, MJF, uh, MJF, uh, you know, turned on Cody. Such a big rivalry that's been uh, had been building up for about six to eight months. Cody brings has his big entrance with like 19 members of the Nightmare Family comes out. The big moment when MJF hits him with the ring and then falls on him and wins. There is a gravitas that Cody matches brings to pay-per-views, and that's just not coming from a Cody fan. Now that I've explained it, do you see what I'm talking about? Look, I get, I get that completely. I, I, I do. I really do. But I will say, um, it was interesting to just have a pay-per-view without Cody, and um, I wouldn't necessarily say him not being on it was the reason why this show was less than quality, but it's a factor, I think. Yeah, I like think I said, it's, it's just a gravitas he brings to the show. This energy that he brings to the show. He comes out before the show. Are you ready for the show? No one did that. No one. He's the face of AEW as as much as anyone. Yeah. And it was just like, I remember all those shows. It was like, he comes out, gets you pumped up. You ready for a show? Comes out and cuts the promo at the end of the night. None of that. You know, it was Mox. And it was just like, Mox, badass. John McClane from Die Hard. Everything about that he is, that does not generally bring the energy that someone like Cody does. Yeah. No, like but... I said, I know people like Cody Stan, Cody Stan, <laughs> Cody, Cody Shield, Cody Mark. Get what I'm saying? But if you listen to my words and not who it's coming from, I think you can agree with what I say. Yeah. Now let's get into real quick the. Uh, AEW Dynamite results for this week. The show cold open with MJF and Chris Jericho coming out with Tony Schiavone and just kind of exchanging backhanded compliments and then eventually after saying they'll both be world champion someday 
as they walked away, you get a split by split cut of each of them just out of earshot of each other and then just say, what a loser. And just, uh, it's just, there you go. There's two of your heel, biggest heels in, in AEW just being jackasses to each other at the same time. Yeah, and, uh, and AEW doesn't do anything for a wrong reason. So, I mean, you know, for no reason. So imagine six months to a year. Chris Jericho and MJF are going to be going at each other. Imagine the promos, dude. Imagine the promos. Yeah, it just would. It would be I mean, so strong. Yeah, he's gonna. I mean, of course, Chris Jericho is gonna call him, uh, call MJF, or Chris Jericho wannabe. That's what he's gonna yeah. call him, and it's gonna be amazing. Yep. Then the show officially opened up with the Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express, um, and then overall, there was a point in the match where Phoenix started. Uh, shoving one shoving each other shoving penta and penta shoving phoenix and eventually just it just they you could see at this point like we're slowly building to when the lucha bros break up as after uh jurassic express ended up getting the victory and yeah i i will say i, I loved how eddie kingston came in and was trying to like be peacemaker and just being like you're my best friend, and I'm just like, like I just imagine Eddie Kingston drunk trying to say this to to, to his mates at the bar as they're just like swinging on each other, yeah. and eventually, <laughs> eventually after multiple tries of Eddie Kingston trying to get them to get uh, let bygones be bygones, Penta and Phoenix shake hands. Then Eddie Kingston says, "I was never eliminated from the Casino Battle Royal," and he then just winked and left what winked to the camera and then they walked back but uh just the thought of penta versus phoenix i i need that i need that yeah so penta and phoenix if you listen to the show and we were before dynamite ever debuted i said the two breakout stars to me the two household names the two people that will be the ray mysterio and uh, Ray Mysterio and Dean Malenko, because you know no one knew. Who, a lot of people, on a like a casual level or whatever, didn't know who they were before WCW. I thought it was going to be Ray and Penta. Um, the, the they looked like they were headed towards a huge push with the Death Triangle. Uh, then you know COVID happened, so they're trying to reset where they're going to be, and they have been kind of lost in the shuffle. So this Eddie Kingston thing has helped, I think. One match, one opening match between Ray Phoenix and Pentagon, I think will... I don't know if it's going to bring a lot of people, but it will open up a lot of eyes. Because I saw them do this match uh, at... Uh, I saw this do at WrestleCon Super Show in New York. And they had they wrestled each other. And they were kind of like, oh, we're friendly. And they were wrestling each other. And the thing was amazing. So I can imagine... You know, when they're trying to sell like an actual story arc, how it would be. And I'm big on them being separate. I love yeah. the Lucha Bros as a tag team, but I think Pena, I call him the Mexican Stone Cold. Reason being is because he has this energy about him, this attitude about him when he's working heel that I don't think can be touched. And Ray Phoenix, to me, is, if not the is one of the best workers in the world. I put him right there with Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada. He's that good. And every time he's in the ring, he does something generally you haven't seen before. 
So the fact that they could put on a match with each other and actually showcase each other's strengths would be awesome. And then Eddie Kingston is the best POS in wrestling. I mean, he is obviously a manipulative piece of shit. <laughs> and the whole winking at the camera thing is just amazing. And his timing is perfect on it. And he said, check the tape. I wasn't, check the rules. I wasn't eliminated. Had me go back. I went back, watched the show, watched that play, And I was like, oh, he never did go over the top rope. He didn't. He didn't. He, he never went over the top ropes. He wasn't eliminated, which is awesome. And the fact that you could see him being a PLS, not knowing that he wasn't eliminated, but wanting to put AEW in a tough situation. Because, of course, you don't want to run in and try to fight Lance Archer again. So you put AEW in a tough situation to have to make a decision because you were screwed, AKA. So, I don't know. I love it. I love this whole segment. I love what they're doing with Eddie Kingston. And, like, he's one of those people, put a mic in his hand, and I'll just sit down and listen to it. He could read the dictionary because his voice. Oh, just, dude, yeah. Yeah, he just has this intensity to him. And it's like, I don't know if the man can fight, but he sounds like he can. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. He sounds like you don't want to mess with him. Yeah, he sounds like you don't want to do. And, like, I was listening to an interview, and he's like, He's like, hey, if you got a problem, we can go outside. You might be my ass. I might be your ass. It won't be the first time I got my ass beat. I'm like, but if someone tells me that, I don't want to fight him. He's not as scared to lose. There's a difference between someone being like, oh, beat your ass. And like, you just look at him and you're like, nah. And then there's a difference between like, look, you could kick my ass. It's possible. But I could also kick your ass. Yeah, and there's, you a, there's a thing to that. It's like, because it's like. One of the things about going in a fight is that you're both generally scared. You know, you can count on that emotion going between both of you. But to fight a man that doesn't isn't scared of you, <laughs> it's That's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I might get my ass whooped, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, it happens. It's yeah. happened to me before. Yeah. I don't think it's happened to you though, so I think you're a little bit more nervous about yeah, it. Oh yeah, and I just, I, I just love Eddie Kingston. I love the oh, interview dude, he brings. I, so it, it, it's just it's like one of those things why haven't you been on my tv the last 10 years you know what i mean i'm, I'm just i'm just thankful that he is I'm yeah, like, i am thankful that he is but it's just like dude how did people miss this how can you cut a promo and then just not offer you all the money in the world right then you know <laughs> i was like dude here i mean i mean he's like everything i grew up on the talk the guy in the building the the swarmy hill but he also has this kind of attitude about him that's a badass. It's it's yeah. it's, it's 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 the same as one. It's very familiar, but it's just different enough that I don't recognize it. Yeah. After this, we had a quick Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer promo to build up the fact that Lance Archer won the Battle Royal at All Out, and pretty much just was given a quick call out to the AW World Champion and saying there's not anything that uh, anybody can do about it because in the end everybody dies. Then Matt Hardy comes out to make his special announcement that he will be making a 100% full recovery after the myriad of tests that he has been taking, and he's very lucky. He apologized to the fans and to his family. Reba and his kids were there at, at, at the Daily's place, and he said, it's time for me to go back to be getting healthy. When he is clear to being returned, be able to return, he will chase his first AEW World Championship. He thanks the fans, and then he just he heads out. Yep, super babyface promo. Um, 
I like by the end I was hoping like Matt Matt Hardy TNT champion was uh going through my head because it was just like it was it was heartfelt. He even shouted out Private Party. He found a way to put somebody else over even when he was doing an interview about his recovery. Uh Matt Hardy's just really, really good at this. I'm like, uh so I wish him the best. Uh wish him the best on his recovery. I don't know know exactly. I mean yeah, everybody's like, well, he's recovering from concussion. I'm like, I mean, he did fall, so and they missed the table, so it could have been his back. It could have yeah, been a lot of different spine. things. It could have been his spine yeah, or anything. Yeah, it could have been a lot of different things. It's just like, but whatever it is, heal up, come back, you know, be Matt Hardy, because he, you know, he, I mean, Hardy boys have uh, got this loyal fan base that has been following them forever. So what Matt does is he brings that you know he brings that fan base and that energy to every show. Yeah, we then had freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy taking on the Hybrid Twos and Helico, which was a quick match where Orange Cassidy got the victory. This was all building up to what happened after the match when Santana and Ortiz comes from behind and then assaults him with the Mad Ball loaded sock. Then Chuck Taylor and Trent come down and storm to help Orange Cassidy, and then best friends say. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, next week you meet us in the parking lot. So, so that original Lucha Bros versus Best Friends in the parking lot that we were supposed to get like a long time ago. Now we're getting it with Santana and Ortiz. Ortiz. And like anything that features Santana and Ortiz, that's great. Uh, there was something later in the show that I will discuss that actually angered me. All which, right. Which is wow, not something that doesn't, it, it doesn't happen very often. But yeah, let's. I'm excited. OC did look good, and I love the... It has completely transitioned on his character that now he tries when he wrestles. Oh, yeah. Jericho awoken something in him, and now he's legitimately trying. Yeah, and you know, you knew that was going to have to happen because that character was only going to be good for so long. Yeah. Then Alex Marvez uh, was backstage trying to get the Young Bucks' attention after the Elite broke up over over at All Out. And as he knocked on the dressing room, Bucks opened the door and super kicked Marvez, which they got fined for. Which, I mean, look, no disrespect, Alex Marvez has a very super kickable face, so I don't see what the issue is here. Yeah, he deserved it. Um, he deserved it because the Bucks did it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, Bucks now, just I mean, don't kick dude, people. In the, Bucks just don't kick people in the face. I'm just saying, if they don't answer the door the first time you knock, quit knocking. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. That's all it takes. Then it was time for Super Bad Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford to come out to announce who would be the best man for their wedding. He comes out, and then Kip Sabian announces who the best man is, calls it out. One of Kip's Twitch subscribers named Puff comes out, claiming he was the best man. And then he said, no, I texted you, you're the best, man. And he just walked back all sad. Then he calls out for the best man again. Ryan Pillman Jr. comes out. It's the same. It's the same joke, and it's like, okay, let's let's roll this along a little bit. Finally, we find out who the true best man is, and it's motherfucking Miro, the beast from Bulgaria himself. And I will tell you this much: he made a baller statement coming out in a Gucci, Mickey Mouse, and Minnie Mouse outfit. Which the shirt itself, I looked up, cost $650. He is flexing so hard. Also, 
Dear Miro, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. Why are you getting that slim shady look on you right now with the with the shaved uh, blonde hair? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's weird, but I, I'll get used to it, I'm sure. Then Miro said 10 years in the same house and uh, talking about the brass ring and the glass ceiling that he had. And he said, you can take that brass ring and shove it up your ass. My name is Miro, and I am all elite. So Miro is officially signed to AEW. I am completely for this this segment dragged a little bit honestly you could have used that joke once you decided to go for it a second time with brian pillman jr and it was the exact same payoff with the exact same joke and i just it dragged just a little bit like but the reveal was great honestly i was very happy to see miro and i was very happy that he's in AEW. but your thoughts floyd on this segment okay so i'm gonna go my thoughts first my thoughts perfect entrance I thought if I don't know if people realizing the genius of this, he was effectively wrote off of WWE oh, in yeah. a wedding, wedding triangle, a wedding relationship triangle. That's angle. true. That's true. They then bring him into AEW when he's wrote into the show in a wedding angle. Uh, Come it's it's it's. it's... It's, it's like a great tie-in. It's like one of those things. It's a wink to the people that pay attention. Because I heard a lot of people shitting on it. It's like, he looked like such a mid-carter. I'm just like, no. He literally came into AEW the way he left WWE. It was, it, it was like I said, it was a wink and a nod to the people that are paying attention. Shout out. I liked it. His clothes. His clothes. Yeah. He's like, like, and I'm stretching on this one. I'm stretching. What I'm about to say is a stretch. But it's funny that he wears a Gucci Disney pants the week after Vince McMahon ends third-party relationships. Why? <laughs> but why? Because they are the Disney. They are like Disney. That is, dude. I don't know if he thought that. I don't know if he thought that. I don't know if it's a stretch. It's probably a stretch. Probably... He's just like, dude, I just want to come out looking casual and comfortable and be who I am, who I am on Twitch. Probably that. I don't know. Lana might have dressed up. I don't know. He looked really, really comfortable. Maybe he just wanted to put across the fact that he's very comfortable in AEW. But I'm just saying, there was some stuff there. And apparently, he was like in a $1,000 worth of clothes. Which, yeah, well, I mean, the shirt yeah. itself was $650. I yeah. looked it up. Yeah, but he he literally looked like me like all the time. T shirt, sweatpants, and sneakers. <laughs> so I it just I costs way more than Mars does. Yeah, I love the look. I'm, I'm shout out to the look because uh, I thought it was awesome. But yeah, I just like I said, there's some AEW doesn't do anything on accident again. And if you think about it, when they did the review, Dark Order reveal with Brody Lee, and he came out and he wrestled Christopher Daniels. Where was Christopher Daniels on the card when Brody Lee and him wrestled? Nowhere, right? Looked like he was going to be a mid-carder. You, it does not matter how you show up. It matters what they do. And I think a big mistake with Miro would have been Mox being out there, and then he comes out, kicks Mox in the face, and then is immediately in the main event. I think that's the mistake that... TNA and Impact made a long time ago is that they immediately pushed the WWE guys into the main event. Even FTR, you know, they came in in what, May? 
Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, they they were here a while. They had to fight other people. They had to wrestle. They had storyline development before they got their title shot. It wasn't just like, okay, you're the best. You know, it was it was a while. So I like that more aspect of it than just like, okay, you come from WWE, Mox versus uh, Miro, uh, full gear. Let's do it. Yeah. No. Well, let's wait. Let's see if you're actually over. Let's see if you can bring that same energy that you brought from WWE here and earn your spot. Yeah. That's, that's how I see it. That's how I see it, anyway. I mm-hmm. just like. We then had a backstage interview with Tony Schiavone and Hangman Adam Page. Adam talked about how he felt like it was kind of inevitable that Hangman and Kenny were going to lose the title belts. But it didn't have to happen. He he blamed himself, and he talked about how he lost two of his best friends in the Young Bucks, and it's stupid that he thought FTR was like him just because they looked like him and they talked like him. And now that they've lost the titles, they have to climb back up the ladder and that this will be their toughest test. And later in the show, you would see that the cohesion between Hangman and Kenny is still not there. It's It's very much gone, and we don't think it'll be coming back. But yeah. Great so- promo. Yeah, so he is the he is the person in the relationship that messed up and he's like, Okay, we can get back together and the other person is like really not interested in that. He's very much ushers in usher and confessions. Yeah, he he said, I'm sorry, it's my fault, blah blah blah. I thought he did a really good job. Uh the idea that he's a bit of a drunk, all that stuff going in there. Uh I believe I tell you. Uh, they, uh, there's one of those things, I got worked. Up until last week, when they cut the promo on him and basically tore him down, I thought it was all building to the hangman turning on Kenny. That's it what I thought. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it looked like. And then it's like, no, it was the FTR manipulating hangman to cause a rift in their tag team, which actually is still good because to me, that's the Tully influence of it, you know, the manipulation game of it, so... I, I still enjoyed it, but yeah, they worked me, and yeah. it's awesome. And I think it's I think the idea of possibly Kenny turning instead of Hangman is better because honestly, with this whole Hangman drink my beer and cowboy shit that Hangman's been doing, he's so over that like there's no way like people would people wouldn't wouldn't want to see Hangman turn heel. I think. Yeah. But, but yeah, we then had the no disqualification, no count out tag team match between. The Demo God, Chris Jericho, and Jake Hager versus the bad boy, Joey Janela, and the Concrete Rose, Sonny Kiss. Shout out to uh, the the Sonny Kiss and uh, some fans pointing out about the fact that people were like, oh, no one's going to watch when Sonny Kiss is on our television. And they pulled great viewership with their match. So shout out on that. I thought that was a great moment. And they did a, this was a really, really strong match. Um, there was a lot of great spots in there. Sonny had a lot of great um offensive opportunities and just the stuff that uh they did hager was selling really well too um eventually the finish came when sunny cliss got to the top rope jericho then took a fire extinguisher and sprayed it then hager hit him with a head and arm suplex and then eventually would score the pin and then jericho talks about how jake and jake and jericho are going to be teaming up and they're eyeing ftr for the AEW tag team championships Alright, so, um, two things. First of all, the Sunny Kiss 
aspect of it. I I love that Sunny Kiss took that victory lap, and everybody took the victory lap based on Sunny Kiss. Uh, I didn't know Sunny before uh, AEW started, and when when um, Sunny came out at uh, the you know the celebration to start AEW, I was like, "How's this gonna work?" Because again, you never really seen. I mean, Darren Young, but an out gay man, you know, wrestling. You never, you had just never really just like seen it. And he's very much in your face. Sonny's very much in your face. It's like I'm gay. That's what it is. And you know, a lot of people didn't think that would work. All I see is a really, really good wrestler. When he had the match with Cody, the athleticism, the fact that the jumping off the top ropes and doing the splits, and, I mean, Sonny does things I've never seen, you know, done in a wrestling ring. And I just, like, that's what I see when I watch Sonny wrestle. So, I, anyone that sees anything else, that's great, because hopefully I'm you're seeing representation. But if you see anything negative, uh, you might want to work on you on that. Uh, but yeah, it's good, good match, exciting match, fun. Gave a lot of uh, Sunny a lot of offense. Uh, Joey Janela, uh, it's kind of in a to me. I'm I like the uh, tag team with Sunny, but he's in a bit of a limbo, and mm-hmm. I don't think they. I don't think for some reason I don't think Tony gets what to do with Joey Janela. Yeah, I, it's I, I well I think also just Joey just has no it's a lot of like. A lot of people just against him too. Yeah, it's like the main bookers you got like, or make people you know people in the room with the energy, uh, Cody and Jericho and then Tony. And it's like they don't know what to do with that guy. You know, mm-hmm. he he has a different energy, an energy I've never seen. He's like this somewhere in between Mick Foley, uh, Mick Foley and Sandman. You know what I mean? It's like you don't know what to do with him and. Hopefully they figure it out because apparently he's a really good dude, uh, locker room guy. He's amazing on the GCW shows. Uh, and it's just like he might just be one of those people that gimmicks just work on smaller venues. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it might be. It might yeah. be. No, and uh, But, yeah, thing that pissed me off. Yeah, here we are. Jericho right. and Hager announced that they're going after the tag team belts. You're in the inner circle, right? Yeah. You got Sammy Guevara. And you already have a tag team. I was like, I was like, PNP should come out and beat you with the baton right now. They supported (laughs) you being the world title. Even when you lost, you then lost to the meme wrestler. They still got your back. They wouldn't beat the shit out of them with a baton because they got your back. And then you're going to go in their division and try to take over? Yeah. Oh, man, Jericho. Jericho, come <laughs> on, bro. Come on, bro. That, that doesn't it is, sound right. Conf- it is confusing, yeah, because, yeah, I, mean, you you I mean, you know they have a storyline already with best friends, but at the same time, like, going on for a bit. You don't think it'll last another yeah. few weeks to the you. Street, so, like, the I would street fight should be the blow-off. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then you got... This deep ass tag division, right? With real tag teams, SCU, Private Party, you the list, Lucha Bros. You the list goes on and on. Butcher and Blade, uh, and then you're gonna add another. Okay, I'm just gonna team up with this guy thing. I don't, 
Ugh. Ugh. So frustrating. I does yeah, it, again. I've used this word before. Does it bring excitement and gravitas to the tag team division? Jericho being interested in those belts. Yes, because he's Chris Jericho and he's interested in that title. But why can't Chris Jericho be interested in the TNT title? That makes more sense, I think, than him just deciding, oh, me and Jake are going to try for the tag titles. But, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it bothered me. Maybe MJF and Wardlow decide for the tag team belts, too. It, it, apparently, you can just decide. Oh, we're going to the tag team division. Uh, we want to be tag teams, yeah, and then you're just yeah. in the division. Yeah, you just got this deep-ass tag team division, and it's just like, Jericho? I, I don't know. But, again, they generally make things work but again them like uh, proud and powerful is just they're my boys those team I love 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 and actually and, and I have to say this you will hear me say I love a lot of teams in this tag division I just love tag teams so mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yep. yeah, that's what you're going to hear from me because I, I shit I love Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus I love tag teams so I just I just hate that Jericho and Jake and because he announced it and how they did it, you know they're gonna jump ahead of a lot of teams and yeah. be featured. And that's annoying. Yeah, it just it really was kind of unnecessary. Yeah, it kinda of, it rubbed me the wrong way, which very little on AEW shows. Like I might not like everything on AEW shows, but very little actually rubs me the wrong way. And And this just did. It did. <laughs> We then had the MJF promo of him at his campaign headquarters. He was not happy as he didn't get the job done at it all out. He he then fired his entire campaign staff for failing him. Wardlow then eventually actually stood up to MJF, and then MJF just proceeds to go, "Do we have a problem? I want to remind you, Tony Khan does not sign your checks. I do, and you have no other friends other than me. So." I'm going to say it again. Do we have a problem? Wardlow holds back, and then eventually the MJF then just heads off, and you just, you're just waiting for that moment where Wardlow finally breaks the chains and smacks him across the face, and it'll be so, so good. Okay, so I like I like the story, right? I like the story, and it's very old school, but, you know, it kind of breaks the continuity on AEW, but because before Wardlow debuted with MJF, he was getting vignettes by AEW announcing that he was coming. So it's like you're saying like, oh yeah, it's like it's not like MJF hired you. Um, yeah, you're already getting hired. yeah, you were already getting hired. You were already doing vignettes. Maybe MJF pays better than Tony. Maybe he uh, got uh, he, he got from under uh, Tony and uh, signed MJF out of it. So, it might not be a full continuity break, but if you're someone that watched from the beginning, it's like, you might raise your eyebrows to that. Sure, sure, uh, sure. But yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to Wardlow. Uh, you know, he might not have any friends, but he has fans. If you watch BTE, John Silver and Alex Reynolds are definitely fans of Wardlow. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, where they were hypersexualizing <laughs> everything about Orlow. It was hilarious. That was pretty great. Uh, uh, so, yeah, John Silver. John Silver, MVP of the world. Uh, yes. 
Uh, uh, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to this. It, it builds to a match. I would love it if they don't do the Cody thing and give it to us too quick. I would. You you seen the scene break, right? But I don't want the full tear to come until about three months later. Mm-hmm. But I am a fan of you know long term storytelling, so I am a little bit more patient than a normal fan. So I could see them building this match to go off at full gear. Yeah, we then had the newly crowned AEW Tag Team Champions FTR celebrate with Tully Blanchard in the ring with all the other tag teams um, outside. They were passing out cold beers to teams that were surrounding the ring. They talked about how they represent the deepest tag team division in the world, and now they're the locker room leaders and they're the top guys. They then also continued to insult the teams that were around them, specifically Jurassic Express, Eventually, Marco, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus got in the ring. They then quickly left the ring. But then Marco Stump Stunt took the cooler of ice and beer and just threw it over FTR and Tully. And then it was announced that next week we will be getting Jurassic Express versus FTR. So FTR handing out cold beers and even colder hard truths. Ooh. Letting people know where they stand and what I found is people don't like the truth SCU little past the prom private party yep they already beat them so they're just looking at a bunch of people that are inferior to them and letting them know they are inferior you know you know people always say they want the hundred percent truth but then they get mad when they get it so FTR best tag team in the world uh, the reason for the rating this week uh, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. I have to say, I can just say nine million more good things about them. But uh, yeah, if you ever follow my personal Twitter at Floyd Johnson Jr., you will know the reason I love FTR so much. I've always said, like my friend Tiffany, I've never had a day one. Tiffany was day one. She saw Cody's first independent match. You know, she had been a fan ever since. And I had never really had a day one. The closest thing to me to being a day one person is FTR because I met them before they ever debuted on TV. That moment in meeting them, they sold me on how good they were. You know, they said, we're the best tag team you never heard of. Five and a half years later, they have literally won tag team gold in every place they've been. So NXT... Raw, SmackDown, now AEW, they have been tag team champions. Sounds like the best tag team I've never heard of to me. Sounds like they're everything they told me they were going to be. But I'm just telling people, when you heard them say it and the confidence what they said it, it was just like, you immediately bought in. And to let you know how irrelevant they were, there was an NXT placard. NXT placard. And it had, like, most of the stars in this team, you're supposed to have them sign on their face. Neither one was on the card. Yeah. Yeah, so I have my first autograph from FTR. It's Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder at the top of an NXT placard just signing their names with no no faces. That's great. Yeah, and it's just like now they're they're literally on the poster of a pay-per-view of a company of the show I wasn't going to. So... You want to talk about a come-up? There you go. Yeah, so, I don't know. Shout out to FTR. I thought this was perfect. Setting up Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy for next week. 
I think you're going to act. I mean, you know, when you talk about Southern Tag Team Wrestling, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus kind of fit the build of the type of match FTR wants. To yeah, play. yeah. So I, it'll be really good. It'll be really good. We then had a quick once again. Uh, absolute Ricky Starks continuing to make fun of Darby Allen coming out dressed as him and saying he's going to relentlessly beat Darby's ass next time he sees him. Very quick, very small. We'll probably see more between Absolute Ricky Starks and Darby Allen over the next coming weeks. We then had the native beast, Nyla Rose, take on the newly signed Tay Conti. Um, and Nyla Rose was able to outpower Tay Conti and get the victory over Tay who we know has been approached by her friend uh, in uh, in the in the uh, Dark Order and uh, Anna Jay. So that idea of Dark Order is still like lingering with Tay, especially with her continuing to lose. So eventually Nyla, after she got the victory over Tay, tried to continue the assault, but then uh, Hikaru Shida comes out and brings out her kendo stick to defend against Nyla and Vicky, who is there, who is just running her mouth. And then eventually they tr- they retreat, and then she to help Conti to her feet, and yeah, like I said, th- I think it's slowly leading to the possibility of Tay Conti joining her friend Anna J and the Dark Order. See, I see it as more as you know, Anna J needs that like first real feud to get. You know her what? To, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, first real feud. I think it's going to be Tay not joining the Dark Order, but I would love to see another woman in the Dark Order. Uh, I I've been a like. I can't say I was the biggest fan of Dark Order, but I was a wait-and-see guy on the Dark Order. And it it has hit really, really well. So I'm big on... And it was like, I can't say I'm big on, but I love factions that are, you know, have male and females in it. I think it allows you to be in more of the different parts of the card. And I just think it brings a different energy to the women's match. It's like, okay, I'm wrestling Anna Jay, but I also have to wrestle, worry about all those people, you know, having her back, being the, the valets or whatever. And it's just like, that brings a different energy. So I, 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 I love what they're doing there. And then uh, the Vicious Vixens, I mean, Vicky Guerrero's amazing at this. Nyla Rose. It's like Nyla Rose, to me, is good on the mic. So it's almost like she doesn't need Vicky, but Vicky does act, actually add that extra layer of heel heat. Uh, because it's like sometimes I found myself rooting for Nyla, even though she was the heel. Yeah, with Vicky there, that's not going to happen. No. No, not even a little bit. And I love what Vicky Guerrero does, but I it's like I love to the point because I love her because of how much she makes me hate her. Exactly. It's that whole reason. But... After that, we had the interview with Kenny Omega with Jim Ross to come uh, go with the earlier Hangman interview. Kenny talked about how when he was asked what was next for him, he talked about how the tag team division is super deep. For us to get to the level where they got, they had to learn a lot about each other, and what he learned about Hangman, uh, he did not like. So he talked about how he's got his own plans and goals and that it's actually time for him to return to singles action, especially because he was considered coming into AEW to be the ace of the company, and he proceeded to try something different in the tag division, and now he's actually going back to singles competition, which a lot of people have been begging for for Kenny Omega. Yeah, so. uh, sometimes, you know, make him beg for it. Make him really, really want it before you give it to him. 
and that's what that's when you do it that's the way you do it i mean i can't i can't argue with this this has been uh perfect and how it's been done i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to single skinny omega and i want to jilted jilted tag team partner hangman let me ask he might not turn heel but is he going to take this breakup you know in a good way or a bad way who knows i mean like and, with alcohol with alcohol in the mix you can yeah, never know i was gonna say there might be a clothesline in the future oh it's very possible we then finished off with the main event, the AEW TNT Championship match between the Exalted One, Mr. Brody Lee, versus the Natural, Dustin Rhodes. The match quickly started off with Dustin jumping out the gate before the bell even rings and brawling outside to the ringside area and just beating the crap out of him and just proceeding to just try to really quickly get after Brody. It was back and forth for most of the matchup, and then eventually, as they were slugging each other, and then uh, Dustin proceeded to get countered from a lariat and then gets two thrust kicks and then the, the discet lariat to get the victory and the pinfall. And then uh, the Dark Order then joined Mr. Brody Lee to celebrate. And then uh, they beat down QT Marshall and Cole Cabana was shoved away uh, by Mr. Brody Lee because of the, uh, what happened last week and uh, at All Out. And then Colt was just like, the hell, man, the hell. And... The match, the show finished with Mr. Brody Lee standing over QT Marshall and then then standing over Dustin Rhodes just saying, come back, Cody, come back. Yeah, uh, good old kick in the ding ding. Uh, I always call it a catch this catch can crotch shot. That works for me. Uh, yeah, this is a great match. This is a great match. Uh, one of the better main events to me. Because it was just so much energy and so hard hitting, and it just went, and then it was over, and it was definitive. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, I will say, he's kind of like the LeBron James because he of uh, wrestling, because he's 51, and he does. I mean, if you told me that guy was 34, I'd be like, okay, yeah, nothing. Like he is just like he doesn't seem to age. He's and he's working harder and with more energy than uh than ever and and i love it and you know they want cody to come back but do they want the smoke do they want the smoke i don't think well, they want have the, to see i don't think they want the smoke only thing i can say is the kind of the whole big breaking news announcement kind of yeah. it didn't really crap on the main event but it was just like okay i'm excited what's the announcement what's the announcement then you get the announcement that Cody is going to be on a show called The Big Show Show. Is that what it's called? Something along the lines Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's a talent show where you can't yeah. sing and dance. No, it is uh, the clearest America's Got Talent ripoff I've ever seen. But instead of America's Got Talent, they won't just give it to a singer or a dancer. Exactly. It'll, you know, and Cody's on it. Which mainstream appeal for Cody is good for AEW, especially if you know how he does as a character is great. Plus, get Snoop Dogg on AEW and Snoop Dogg on AEW, Rosario Dawson, who, oh my god, yeah, like, <clears throat> oh my god, that's all I have to say. Jennifer Nettles, who I am a big fan of her music, but Rosario Dawson, oh my god, I just had to throw that out there one more time. Yes. Uh, yeah. 
they got a guy that will be at least watching the show uh, to see how Cody does and sure. if it helps. And, of course, Rosario does. That's all you need. That's yeah. all you need. But, yeah, not not as exciting as we all thought it was going to be. Yeah, I thought he was going to be like, I'll be back October 14th or whatever or, you know, something. Just something. Yeah, but it, either way, didn't I don't like I said I don't think it really crapped on the main event, but that was the overall dynamite for this week, which ended up doing over a million viewers with it the, the total number being one point zero one six million viewers. So compared to the NXT numbers from their Super Tuesday two, they had about like eight hundred thirty six thousand. So there's that if you want to rap about that. But that's all we have for AEW Dynamite for this week. We'll get into the preview for next week, which will be on Thursday because of the Game 7 that was made between... It uh, may be on Thursday. They said they will let us... Well, no, I thought they said that because it went to Game 7, it's now on Thursday. I thought that was the idea. Okay, okay, okay. I thought the idea was if it gets pushed to Game 7 between the Celtics and the Raptors, it will be pushed to Thursday, I thought. Okay, then then that was I'd never heard what the the caveat was on. Whether. I believe that's what I saw. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but I believe that's what I saw. But either way, it's going to be either on the 16th or the 17th, so that's what you have to look to pay attention for. And we'll, it, like I'm sure you'll see tweets from them on their official Twitter if you want to make sure about that. But before we get into our preview for next week's AEW Dynamite, I want to let you know that support for All Things Elite is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments day in and day out to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Floyd has continued to praise them up and down, and again, if you use the code SUPLEX, you get 20% off your order and free shipping. So, Floyd, can you let the good people know about Manscaped? Okay. So, they have a lot of great products. You know, as far as the crop, crop refresher, which is like ball deodorant. And they got different things to make your area perfectly groomed. But the crown jewel, the piece de la resistance, if you will, is the lawnmower 3.0. It allows you to shave down there without getting nicks and cuts and clean it the way you want. As an alternative, if you are like me and doesn't have a lot of there, you know, hair down there to worry about, it also makes a great beard and hair trimmer. So it is a multi-use tool. I wouldn't go from one to the other, you know, very often. <laughs> but I would, I'm telling you, the clippers are a perfect tool to keep you all cleaned up in area, definitely go to uh, manscaped.com, use the code SUPLEX, get your 20% off and your free shipping. And your free shipping. Think about that. And your free shipping. And uh, you know what? You know what? It's going to, you, you're going to thank us. We're going to get an email. We're going to get a rating. And you're going to be like, thank you for telling us about manscape i didn't know that it existed i went on use your code i got the got the package it's amazing and now i am you know what walking with that strut i told you about you know walking with that confidence walking with that five-star confidence that's what manscape gives you yep and thanks again to manscape for sponsoring the podcast so the matches that have been announced for next week's Dynamite on again. Did we talk about September a million? September sixteenth or September seventeenth. 
Before huh? we talk about this, did we talk about okay. a million? Yes, we did. I brought it up. How it was one point zero six one six million, and it but we got make a bigger deal. It's a it million. Is a big deal. FTR one show as champion, one show it's with a million people. It's I'm just, all going to FTR. I'm just saying. Before they were champion, they never hit a million. As soon as they became champion, they did hit a million. And Cody wasn't on the show too, so maybe that was the reason. See, and it, oh, you know what else kept them over a million? Just mentioning that Cody had a big announcement. Everybody's like, <laughs> let me turn it on the show and find out what Cody's big announcement is. No, actually, it's funny because Dustin Rhodes can say, I main evented the show that went over a million. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 51 years old, person that has been wrestling in wrestling five decades, even has a shirt on Shop AEW. The show that took him over the million is the show he was main eventing on. That's just, like I said, it's one of those things. Is there is is it the reason that the show went over a million? I like to believe it's FDR. But if any of your favorites on the show, you can claim it. Be like Kenny's interview took him over a million. <laughs> Young Buck super kicking Alex Marvez took him over a million. You can That's claim what yeah, you also say. You can claim whatever you want because no one can really argue against it. FDR wasn't champions last week. There was not a million. They were champions this week, and it was a million. Just think about it. Yep. Wrap your head around that FDR. Forever the ratings. There Feel it. Go. Yep. That's a great one. <laughs> But the the matches that have been announced for next week's AEW Dynamite are as follows. We have the parking lot fight between Santana and Ortiz and Best Friends that was announced on la- on this week's Dynamite. We have Jericho and Hager, Jake and Jericho versus Private Party, continuing their uh, start into their tag division. We'll see how that goes. The NWA women's title will be defended on Dynamite between Thunder Rosa and Eva Lease. That's probably one of the things I'm looking forward to the most. You have FTR versus Jurassic Express over what happened on Dynamite this week. You have Hangman Adam Page going in singles oper- matchup between Frankie Kazarian. MJF will be in action. You can rejoice. And then we have a confrontation between John Moxley and Lance Archer. So. That's... You want to talk about the match I'm most as excited about, and this is this is a this is a hats off to the women's match Thunder Rose and Eva's release. I've actually seen them work together down here in Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, it is very physical, so it should be fun. And uh, for the NWA title being featured on it, I imagine that was probably part of the deal when they agreed to allow the NWA champion uh, on this uh, all out. So that is awesome, Thunder Rosa's third appearance for AEW and you know it's every time she's wrestling every time she goes out there and kills it she's building up her profile which is great because as most as you might not believe I actually want every wrestling company to succeed yeah NWA succeeding I don't feel it takes anything away from AEW at all I want them to succeed Tuesday September 15th is there, like, they're doing their weekly live pay-per-views? I've already bought the first four. You know why? Because I want them to succeed. Oh, yeah. It's it's oh, weird. Yeah. I know. People look at AEW people and they're like, you hate WWE. Don't hate WWE at all. Actually, when it comes to wrestling, there's not much I can say I hate. Hate's such a strong word and it's thrown around. Yeah. Don't really hate anything in wrestling. There's some stuff I don't want to watch. 
<laughs> but I can't say I hate sure. I don't hate a company. I don't hate an owner. I don't hate anything. It's oh, like, yeah. That's why this show's clearly of positivity. So, yeah, Dude. I'll shout yeah. out their show. I'll I'll be like, hey, NXT, hey, I will. As soon as you move to another day, I'm all about you. You know, I'll be one of those people watching. So, I know. Exactly. NWA getting featured, great. Santana Ortiz and Bears is Best Friends. Uh, and this show was recorded this week, so let me clarify. Watch out for spoilers, because yes. they they're they're all flying back to their respective locations today. So watch out for spoilers everywhere. I you will never get one from the All of Things Elite uh, Twitter page. I won't retweet them. I will generally block or mute if someone posts them. So you know we just wait for the show. I and the fact that it is taped. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really good, especially Santana Ortiz and Best Friends. Parking lot brawls can be boring. So, I mean, with the time for the uh, pre- and post-production, hope that can be fire. And Hangman vs. Kansarian, I saw that match a lot in ROH. They have amazing chemistry. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. And, of course, FTR going through Jurassic Express. What I was saying earlier, Southern Tag Team Wrestling... Imagine they're going to work on Jungle Boy most of the match. Build to the hot tag with Luchasaurus. And the Luchasaurus, one of the best hot tags in wrestling. As yes. far as his uh, kicks and flips and everything. And then Mox and Lance speak. You know, Lance is like one of those things with Jake. I love Jake. Want Jake around forever. Because Jake, you know, big part of my childhood. But Lance is really good at promos. Doesn't really need someone to speak for him, so yeah. I want to I want to know how that turns out. And Mox is such a badass. God, it's just like, dude, he's what you're supposed to be. He's got the, you know, he's back to being um uh, uh he's back to being like Dean Ambrose in the Shield at the very beginning where he was the cool guy and he'd always be rolling his shoulders and have that little twitch vibe and it was just like he could go off on you at any time. It's kind of what you're getting from Mox, with, but it's a different energy. It's a confidence. It's like, yeah. you can't whoop me. Get that kind of confidence. You're like, you might be big, you might be bad, but you can't beat me up. And I dig it, and so I'm really looking forward to this week's show. I found during the COVID era, their pre-taped stuff is better than their live stuff. Yeah, well, I think, I think it will show, especially for that parking lot brawl, how, like, having it being pre-recorded should only allow for the good stuff to be shown so yeah and you know if you want to add a little crowd noise yeah ain't nothing wrong with it i'm all for it during this particular time i don't like it when you have eight thousand fans in the crowd and they're not cheering because they don't like what you're putting on yeah. <laughs> and, and then you add crowd noise and you don't see them and it's just like yeah but when you only can have like 15 percent of the stadium yeah, pump in a little crowd noise. If it's elevating what you're already hearing. I, if the fans are quiet, don't, you know, that's just weird. So, I don't know. That's just how I see it. You see it any differently, sir? Oh, sorry. There was a network connection issue, so whatever you just said, say it again. <laughs> All right, it's all good. I was just pretty much saying thank you guys so much for tuning in for All Things Elite. I think that'll wrap it up for us today. So 
I want to make sure you guys are downloading the show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And again, share it with your friends. Share it around on social media. If you listen to Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, doesn't matter. We appreciate you nonetheless. And if you want to support us on social media, follow us at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, at SZoomer4, or at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. So, honestly, nothing we can do left now except for letting our good friend Floyd take us home for tonight's show. All right, so we are recording this on Friday, September 11th. I want to say, uh, you know, for all the people that know people that had lost their lives, you know, I thought to with you, of course, never forget. Uh, and, and and I think it's a reminder because, you know, I was an adult when that happened. Um, and over the next month or so, we saw this amazing amount of unity in people where everybody was having each other's back and it didn't matter if you're black, white, or whatever. We were all Americans and we all loved America. And, and you know what? If we could occasionally get that feeling back and that a state, a statement of unity, that would be great. Last night I was watching my Kansas City Chiefs against the Texans and they did a unity thing before the, sh- uh, before the game. And, you know, they held hands and, and, and it was like just a moment of silence just for... You know, America and just, you know, just for the people to to just show they're together. There was no flags. There was no music. There was no nothing. And people booed. I don't know how many people booed, but some people booed. And I even even made up the point where, you know, it could have sounded louder because everybody else was silent. But that kind of hurt. That hurt that it was in Kansas City, and I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I just, I really want people to think and think and be nice to each other. And care about each other and love each other when it comes to home work or school always do your best to be elite